Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Jackson Burkett. And this program is loaded for bear, Jackson. Because Jackson booked John Denton at 10-15. And I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Now, is he out in that Scottsdale? Is he in that Scottsdale for those GM meetings? I'm not sure, but we can ask him when he comes on in the next segment. Okay, fair enough. That's coming up at 10.15. I'm looking forward to it. Figure this out. We're going to figure this out. Because he was tweeting out quotes from the president of baseball operations, John Mazalak, And we'll see what the rumblings are. What the rumblings are out there, uh, Jackson. Uh, I was at the Blues game last night. Blues and Jets. Mm -hmm. Did you get a chance to... I watched the second period. And you then, saw a lot of glorious scoring opportunities, but then, why weren't you watching the first and third period? I watched part of the third and then shut her down. I did not watch the first period. Why is that? Uh, I was doing stuff with my friends at the time. And oh, so, wow. Kind of bragging that you have friends. Yeah, it's a big old brag. And, what were you uh, doing? Playing video games with my friends. 314-399-9646. That's how you can text in. Air Comfort Service text line. Boy, they, I'll tell you what. This YouTube chat, it's getting more active than the text inbox. That's great. I love people watching live. Danny Jansen, McLovin, Droid Effects. Where are I, Candy? Where's PP? Don PP's not there. He's not in there. Wow, somebody else might take over today. Hmm. I. How do I know that John Denton is in Scottsdale, but not the producer of the show? That's from Droid Effects. Yeah, that's a fair question. You know, sometimes you well, got. I guess look that in. gives us a confirmation. At least Droid Effects is reporting John Denton is in Scottsdale. All right. That listen, it makes sense. I would think you would be, but I, I just didn't know. Well, maybe I got to look inward. Because you were playing video games last night, and then you read that Nancy Drew thriller for the third period. No, I didn't. So I, I just I didn't read last night. Oh, okay. Which is unfortunate. Were you tired? Went to bed early? No, I, I actually usually read before bed because it, I avoid the blue light. You know, that blue light sure. can be bad for your sleep, so it's a good way to like settle in before bed. Uh, but I just didn't. The book's kind of getting a little uh, eerie, a little creepy. And my apartment is like shockingly quiet. And so I kind of get scared. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> when I read it before bed. This is going to be a tough day. This for one's you. like a little scarier. This one's going to be tough. <laughs> it's kind of scary. I mean, part of me wants to help you through it's going to come through this text inbox. And then part of me just wants to read every single thing that comes through this text inbox. <laughs> it just makes me a little uneasy. I kind of need to read it when the sun's out. What video games, though? That's from the 314. Fortnite, baby. Fortnite OG map back. I haven't played it in years, so my friends were playing. I said, I'll hop on with you fellas. Zip it, boy! Watch some freaking blues, you scrub! That's from Waterloo Mama's Boy. I did. I watched it. What do you want me to do? I fired up the Bailey's app. It was wonderful as always. 
How many wins per game did Winnipeg get last night One. from Marsh's burner? One. They got two points, though, which doesn't make sense. But I am telling you, and listen, and this isn't uh, Mike Greenberg. That was the most scoring opportunities I've ever seen in the history of hockey. But I can't recall, and you saw the second period, so I can actually talk to you about this and not just the people in the YouTube chat and in the uh, Air Comfort Service text line. How many hashtag glorious scoring opportunities the Blues had, oh, in between 9 to 11 minutes into the second period, and then not come away with a goal in the second period. Craig Berube was in particular critical of the second period performance, and uh, the Blues were not able to convert in the second period. The Jets pulled away, got an empty netter, and how do you do? The winning streak comes to an end at 2. Jackson, it's time now for the Little Piddles, Angry Beaver, half and half. I assume it's a Blues question, so that's why I segued into it. Well, I figured that you would have, like, I don't know, like, Uh of a, well, when you think about the Little Piddles, half and half, they're much more like, at least I try for them to be more macro questions. I respect that. And I don't know how macro you can get on such, on one of 82. You know what I'm saying? Like, one game. There's not a macro, unless someone got hurt. What about the Jordan Bennington trade talk from the hockey news and the talk show host in Edmonton about him possibly being of interest to the Edmonton Oilers who are off to a very surprising slow start uh, I know it's a team that at this moment isn't scoring many goals do you know anybody who plays for the Oilers matter of fact I do uh, Connor McDavid and then Leon Dreisaitl look at that anybody who's critical of Jackson's hockey knowledge how about that? Take that. How about that? Yeah, I guess the question that I could ask from that. Nice. So look at this. We're watching the Little Piddles Angry Beaver Half and Half be produced on the fly. And if you're in YouTube, you actually got to see it. Because, you know, that report has come out. Do you think it would be... Jeremy Rutherford was just on TMA and said he would be very surprised by that, for the think, record. I think most people would share JR's opinion. Would it make sense on both sides? Like, would the, would the Blues be wanting to give away Binner, and then would the Oilers want to give away a lot of capital to get a goaltender. The thing about it is the Blues aren't necessarily saying, hey, you know, welcome to the Chicago Cubs from a decade ago. Mm-hmm. They're kind of rebuilding, but not like full-on explosion. And if you do that, you don't really have a lot of net-minding depth behind right. Joel R- Hofer. Rookie. Yeah, rookie so that would be, along with having the high-priced defenseman, that would be problematic. I, I'll, it is intriguing. I mean, a lot of preseason prognostications had Laze Oil winning the chalice to carry the dreams of Canadians from British Columbia all the way to, would you say, Nova Scotia or Newfoundland? No, neither of those provinces have a squad. No, I know, but coast to coast is what I'm saying. Oh, gotcha, yeah. From, uh, from Vancouver to Halifax. God, that's so good. Thank you. Yeah, you're kind of, anybody who's questioning your hockey knowledge or passion, I feel like you're just dunking on them in this first segment. Right, take that, Rivers. <laughs> Jamie Rivers, get my phone ready to see if any <laughs> texts come in. Uh, I just, it, it, when I saw that this morning, I was surprised. Jeremy Rutherford had not heard it either when we asked him this on TMA about an hour ago. So, I don't know. I, it, it, if they were looking for a defenseman, I feel like that would be a nice 
nice trading partner. I don't mm. know if they'd necessarily be knocking on the door here, but uh, the, the net minding thing, I don't know how real that is. 11 games into the season. Right. I mean, my thought on the Blues at this moment is they're either really good or really bad for the most part. I thought the Colorado game was kind of a game where it was like, eh. last night they were flowing to start against a team that has owned them ever since they beat them in the first round in 2019. The Jets have just owned the Blues. I think they've played 14 times since they played in the playoffs. I'm looking at you as if you're going to give me a I'm just confirmation. Like, and, I just stand here and, and smile. You're just, you're just picturing Dame time. But uh, it, the Blues have not had much success against the Jets since beating them in uh, 2019. And they were in control of the early first period. And then that call went against them. Uh, and uh, Brandon Saad and uh, power play goal from Shifley and then off we go. So that was unfortunate. Then they fell behind 2-0 before Robert Thomas got his fifth of the year. Disappointing because you see a team having some momentum and then a, a call. I thought it was a little questionable myself. Jeremy Rutherford didn't think it was as questionable. Either way, that's when things turn. So um, the Jordan Bennington thing, a separate conversation. It surprised me. I don't know how real it is, but uh, Jeremy Rutherford, for the record, we asked him, and he just didn't, uh, he was not aware of that really percolating throughout the NHL at this moment. Either way, the Oilers off to a super slow start. Uh, all right, John Denton is going to join us per droid effects from Scottsdale in the next segment. And we will uh, get his thoughts on what uh, John Mazalek has had to say and where things stand with this free agent market. Uh, my understanding is Katie Wu was on the opening drive this morning, said highly unlikely the Cardinals would be getting into the Yamamoto and Nola waters. She thought more Sonny Gray. We'll see what John Denton thinks. He's going to join us next here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganas Burkhard, Alton Toyota, 101 ESPN and YouTube. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Next in this YouTube chat room at this point. Yeah. I mean. It's turned into a Discord. It really has. Discord server going on. I, I mean, Mc, McLovin opened things up by saying, let's get this bread, boy. Ain't no way morning drive is taking it away from the greatest hour of sports. This is the greatest hour of sports? Can you name a better one? I mean, I like that hour of game 6, 2011 World Series. That's ninth, 10th, 11th innings. Close second. To, to, to balloon party. And when I say balloon, like this current one, the one oh, we're currently okay, doing. Okay, okay, well, maybe that's because John Denton joins right now. And as reported by YouTube chat member Droid Effects, he is in Scottsdale, Arizona. Good morning, John. Hey, Tim, how are you? It's a lot of pressure uh, with the greatest hour in sports to live up to. Yeah, well, uh, th- th- this is something that we believe in you. Jackson believes in you. And I think we're going to have a wonderful little conversation here. So there, all pressure's off. It's up to me and Jackson. It's up to me and Jackson. That sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, uh, this, uh, this, this conversation regarding the Cardinal pitching and John Mazalak's comments that you were tweeting on Monday afternoon certainly got a lot of attention. And I think part of it may have been initial, I guess, 
confusion or perhaps a misunderstanding when he said the payroll would be the same. You hit the hole with the tweet uh, the, explaining that essentially when you consider the 40-man roster and where the Cardinal payroll is right now, the Cardinals have $57 million inside the budget right now to spend to tend to the starting pitching for 2024. Am I accurately representing your interpretation of John Mazalek's thoughts? Yeah, yeah, Tim. Uh, you know, when a team goes 71 and 91, nobody wants to hear the words very similar in, in any sort of vein, you know. And when John Mazalek says the payroll is going to be very similar to what it was last year, you know, I knew that would go over like a lead balloon with the fans, you know. But you have to consider that they were projected to have a payroll close to $200 million last year. It was going to be the first time ever they were going to get close to that. Uh, it was going to be the highest payroll in history. Well, things went bad. They traded all five pitchers at the deadline. They didn't add at the, at the deadline. You know, usually they're buyers at the deadline instead of sellers. So that, that payroll ended up coming in at like a 176. But, you know, if you look at maybe getting close to 200 again, that gives them 57 million. Um, you know, they, they may not be in the market for the guys that the fans want because, you know, John Mazalek said multiple times on Monday when he talked to us, we need volume. I mean, they're not a team that needs, they're not a team that's one pitcher away. They're a team that's two starters at least away and two bullpen arms away. So they have to use their money uh, to fill a lot of spots. They can't go out and throw 35, 40 million at, at Yamamoto and, and be done for the offseason. Like they've got to get at least two starters, maybe three. And then you got to go out and get a couple of bullpen arms because you traded away a bunch of those guys too. So they, they have to be smart with how they spend their money. I know that's not what fans want to hear. Uh, it's, it's probably going to knock them out of that top tier, but if they can come away with, you know, two bullpen arms and two mid-tier guys, they will make their team a lot better. So I, I want to go through kind of specific names on who would be considered top tier. You already said Yamamoto. I would imagine then you also would include who is going to win the Cy Young, barring a surprise, and Blake Snell. Would you include Aaron Nola there? And those are the top tier for the purpose of the discussion, and, and therefore you think the Cardinals would not be in on any of those three. Is that is that fair to say? I think they're. I think I think Snell and Yamamoto will definitely be out of there out of their ballpark. I know they like Nola. Uh, you know, he fits the bill of, of a Cardinal. 6'6", right-handed. You know, that sounds like somebody who maybe just left the team. Um, you know, I think I think Nola could fit into that range. But they don't know what the market's going to be. One caveat in this is, like, you have to understand, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mets, the Cardinals, teams that are traditionally used to winning, used to spending money, uh, those teams didn't make the playoffs this year. They're hungry to, to flip the narrative. They're hungry to do whatever it takes. And, you know, the Cardinals are never going to outbid any of those teams. The Dodgers got knocked out after the first round. Uh, the Braves had an early exit. Those are teams that spend money. Uh, this market could be crazy, you know, and, and, and maybe they're not in the ballpark for those if, if the market, you know, goes through the roof. John Denton, MLB.com, our guest. He is live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Baseball uh, GM meetings going on there, and he is giving us his perspective on the news regarding this offseason. One of the things that intrigues me about this offseason is the Cardinals are in such a unique spot. Yes, those teams didn't make the playoffs, but they also didn't finish in last place. And so that 71 wins you made reference to have fans with expectations 
of the Cardinals really making a statement and I think acquiring one of the big names. And so if that isn't going to happen, uh, you are inevitably going to have a frustrated fan base portion of it at the very least get more frustrated. So then if it isn't going to be one of those Snell, Yamamoto, maybe Nola, as you made reference to, because the competition for him from those big market teams that didn't reach their expectations, then does it fall to something along the lines of a sunny gray in Minnesota yesterday uh, saying that they were lowering payroll? And does that take them out of the mix to keep sunny gray? And does that mean the Cardinals start zeroing in on him as one of, or perhaps the they're starting signing for this offseason. Yeah, I found that to be very, very significant news yesterday. You know, Minnesota's saying that they're going to go down in payroll. Uh, you would think that pretty much knocks them out of out of sunny gray. I mean, the, the qualifying offer was $20 million, and it's only going to go up from there. So sunny gray, I mean, you know, just turned 34 yesterday. It's probably going to start at $25 million a year. Like, it's going to be crazy money. Um, you know, Jordan Jordan Montgomery has pitched his way into a $25 million a year contract. Um, yeah, so it, it may not be the, the top tier, but, you know, I, I think the Cardinals are, you know, who, who knows where they're going with this. But I think they think if they could come out of this with a Sonny Gray and a, and a Jordan Montgomery that they would be better off. So Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, and then a possibility of a trade, or do you think then they would turn their attention if they've allocated $50 million then to the bullpen because that would put them at approximately $7 million remaining from that projected budget of two hundred? Yeah, you know, the trade market is a big, big, a big part of this that you know, we're kind of overlooking. Uh, there's so much focus on free agency, but you know, I, I think the Cardinals can do their best work in the trade market. It's just going to be painful, you know. If you're talking about Tyler Glass now or Shane Bieber or or Logan Gilbert, but, you know it, those teams are going to tell us tell them like don't call back unless you're willing to put Nolan Gorman in the trade and you know you you just got to ask yourself can we live with Nolan Gorman going to Seattle and hitting 45 home runs can you live with Nolan Gorman going to Tampa Bay and hitting 50 home runs they need pitching but man it's going to be painful. And so my question now is, what do you think is going to get all of the action going? The Cardinals made a couple minor league moves 48 hours ago, but we've seen in the past off seasons one domino had to fall to then open up the door to get everybody else going. Um, what timeline do you think that will be, and who is it? Is it as simple as, yeah, Shohei Otani and then everybody else? How do you see it, John? Yeah, it's uh, you know it, it starts with Shohei, starts and ends with Shohei, and you know he he's gonna set his own market. Uh, he's gonna set a market that doesn't even apply to any of these other guys. There are franchises, you know, Seattle's always been a guy, a team that that pounces early. There'll be a couple of teams that'll make a move early, and you know they'll they'll put out a deal to a guy and say take it now or it's gone. Uh, you know maybe the Cardinals do that with Yamamoto. Maybe they give him a deal early and see if he'll take it. But you know. Free agency doesn't always work like that. I mean, he knows he's going to get paid. He's going to wait for the highest dollar. Uh, Jordan Montgomery is represented by Scott Boris. You know, they're not going to take a penny less than they can get. They're not going to jump at the first offer. Uh, you know, maybe you, you you try to get somebody early, but I just think with, you know, the, the quality of pitching that's on the market, they're going to wait this thing out and get every dollar they can. Uh, would there be a one-year opportunity for a reclamation project of some kind to fill out the rotation if they are able to get two of the, I guess we'll call them bigger names, not necessarily, you're saying not necessarily Snell or Yamamoto, but would there be a candidate in that category that, that would make sense? 
Tim, can I interest you in a guy named Jack Flaherty? I was wondering if you would say that. My goodness, if the Cardinals only brought in Sonny Gray and Jack Flaherty, I just am going to spend all offseason reading your Twitter mentions. Yeah, that's going to be ugly if that happens. Now, you know, they know they've got to do more than that. They know they've got to land a couple of big pieces. But there are guys, you know, Michael Walker, you probably could get him for two years and bring him back. Jack Flaherty, you know, pitched his way into probably a one-year, two-year deal. He's going to have to do a type prove-it type deal before he lands the kind of money he's looking for. So uh, John Mazzello did say on Monday, one of the things that excites him is there are a lot of tiers here. There's obviously the upper crust. There's that second level. But there's also the, the, the one-year prove-it guys, the two-year prove-it guys, you know. So they can do a lot of different things. And the reason they're casting a big net, they're not saying we want this guy or that guy because they don't know what the market's going to be. They don't know what the demand's going to be. So, you know, there there are tiers, and, and, you know, that could be maybe your fifth starter. That maybe could be your fourth starter, a guy on a, a one-year or two-year prove-it type deal. John Denton, our guest live from Scottsdale, Arizona. Baseball's GM meeting is going on. Uh, I have two more uh, abstract questions, but I really am curious what your opinion is on this. How cognizant... Are the Cardinals are the frustration of the fan base, and how much does that factor into their aggression for this 2023-2024 offseason? I, I think they're very cognizant of it. I think they saw the empty seats. I think there were a lot. There was a lot of embarrassment and frustration in the in the front office that they thought let this thing get off the rails. You know, they had had 15 winning seasons in a row, and you know this organization this front office this uh, coaching staff they're the ones it falls on like it ended with them uh, i think they feel the pressure to get it back you know get it back right they understand that the fans are upset uh you know one thing john Mazzella said the other day he said one thing they have to factor in was they didn't sell as many tickets last year so they are cognizant of the the empty seats that were out there but you know i know nobody wants to hear this but pleasing the fans is not number one on their list this offseason like they want they want to make the team better in the way that they see fit. Uh, but like I said, they are cognizant that the fans are upset. The fans have expectations of this franchise winning. It's just, you know, you can expect this team to win all you want, but that doesn't mean you're going to pay $35 million for, for Yoshi Yamamoto. Like, it, you know, they're, they're two different things almost. And a, and a final one, although this is this really could be like its own hour-long podcast, one of the things that I'm observing is if the Cardinals are committed, and they said, Mazalak said, that they're committed to returning to contention next year, and then you have the competition you made reference to in the market for this pitching this year, you're going to have a unique spot in which you have Goldschmidt in his final year, Arenado turning 33, and then Wilson Contreras also will be in his early and then mid-30s as his deal progresses. And if you're going to lock up one of these pitchers, you're going to have these guys, for assuming we're talking about long-term deals in order to get them to St. Louis, you could be really allocating a big portion of the 2020s decade on this offseason. And you got to hit. And if you don't, you could have some contracts that could be considered albatrosses on the back end of the decade that could hamstring the ability to compete in the back end of the decade. And so my question is, John, how aggressive will they be to try to make it work in 2024? Albeit, while in my opinion, I'm not saying that this is yours, but my opinion, they could be putting themselves in position to have these guys under contract in the back end of their 30s. And at that point, 
Schmidt, Goldschmidt, and Arenado, uh, and Contreras, for that matter, are no longer at the peaks of their career, or in the case of Goldschmidt, most likely retired. My point being, I think it's a risky offseason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, their primes are running out. Like, you know, the Cardinals know that, you know, Paul Goldschmidt uh, is 36 now. Uh, Nolan Arenado has no time to sit around and wait on a two- or three-year rebuild. Like, he made that abundantly clear at the end of the season. He needs to win now. He wants to win now. Uh, you know, so they, they are in a spot where they got to go out and spin. they got to get back in contention because these guys' prime is running out. But, you know, how, how much can they spend is, is just, you know, debatable. And like you said, you don't want to saddle yourself into this uh this hole where you have all these guys in their mid to late thirties making, you know, tons of money. So you're right, John. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a very hard off season. Everything is on the line. Uh, you know, I think John Bozellick knows that the, you know, the next decade of this franchise may be riding on this offseason. There's there's so much on the line for this franchise. It is a critical, critical offseason. I share that opinion with you. I will f- look forward to your con- coverage throughout the course of this offseason. And uh, we'll keep an eye on what happens with Shoy Otani, not necessarily for St. Louis. But once that happens, then I would imagine the Cardinals will be active because uh, that is when these pitchers will start to go most likely. John Denton, MLB.com, our guest live from Scottsdale at baseball's GM meetings. John, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thanks, Tim. Take care. Take it easy. That's John Denton with us here on 101 ESPN and on YouTube, giving us his perspective on the state of the Cardinals free agent pursuits at this moment. Your thoughts on what John had to say? 314-399-9646. Air Comfort Service text line and you're also welcome to participate in the youtube chat and jackson you say it's like discord in there for real yeah it's like a discord server there's actually a uh, groundswell of support for tiny pp to become the new president of baseball operations oh wow yeah i didn't even know that was going on in there well that's good yeah well this guy's really he's surging i think well the the progression the pipeline from from youtube chat member of balloon party to you know gms or president of baseball operations is is robust i agree i like that robust thanks that's a word that's very popular with Cardinal fans right now. Robust. I like that. Nice. Thank, Thank you for bringing it to the table. Uh, we have the Little Piddles Half and Half presented by Angry Beaver. And your uh, thoughts on what John Denton had to say coming up. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mug and S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, on 101 ESPN and on the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Best of both worlds. Who sang it? Miley Cyrus. Oh, Hannah Montana. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, but she did sing a song called Best of Both Worlds. Do you think this audience is thinking of the Hannah Montana version? I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions. That's not what I do, because you know what happens when you assume. Who else sang Best of Both Worlds? No idea. 
I'm going to fold. I think you're being serious. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this artist could mean any more to St. Louis. Nellie Moe? Excuse me? Nellie Moe? As in Cornell Hayes Jr.? Yeah. Nellie? You said say, mean more to St. Louis. I know. Chuck Berry? No. All reasonable guesses. Non-St. Louis. in Metallica? Now you're just now you're just playing on stereotypes, and I don't appreciate it, what? especially as a South St. Louis guy. So you guy. say a, a, a musician so important to St. Louis, but they're not from here. That's right. Well, well then you just went Metallica. Well, they showed their their footprint this weekend. <sighs> Last weekend, either way. Sammy Hagar and Van Halen. Nice. Okay. Are you familiar with it? I've heard. I've heard of them. But you, but you initially went Hannah Montana. <laughs> you, this is how my brain works. That's that's I, all hell's breaking loose. Well, I, okay, but I wasn't wrong. Like, she sings a song called Best. It was like the theme song of the damn show. I'm 25 years old. I don't know what you mean. This is... Yeah, but I mean, I wasn't alive when the Beatles were producing music, and I'm still familiar no. with their work. So am I. I and love the most Beatles. people would say, I'll take Van Halen over Beatles. Really? Who would say such a thing? <laughs> sure, if I say 314 i will find some. Music is so subjective. Like... I don't think there is such a thing as good or bad music. It's what you like or don't like. More so than any other art form out there. Okay, fine. I'm, you know what I'm not going to have today? This argument with you. I wasn't even looking if, to get into an argument. I don't even know who's in there right now. <laughs> it seems vacant. It does seem vacant. Whoever, I'll argue with whoever's in there about it. Right. I do want to talk about what John Denton had to say. That caught some of our listeners mm -hmm. off guard. Probably like the Miley Cyrus thing. To hear him to say, yeah, the Cardinals are out on Yamamoto and Snell. Now, he may feel that way. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the way that it is, because I believe I cited both on TMA and on Balloon Party yesterday an ESPN.com column with all of their ball riders in which uh, Buster Olney uh, said that he thought that Snell would go to St. Louis. Mm. So... Uh, now, Passon thought Snell would go to Philadelphia because it's his expectation that Nola leaves Philadelphia. I also thought, but I had so many questions for John, I didn't want to like go into semantics, but he said the Cardinals are out on, in his opinion, Yamamoto and Snell, but he thought they were still live for Nola. And I would consider Nola in the same tier of pitchers. But when the conversation continued, and he's talking Sonny Gray... And then I said, what about a one-year reclamation project? And he says, Jack Flaherty, sweet mother of mercy. <laughs> if that were to be what this offseason produces. I just, I actually, here's the thing. I would prefer they do short-term deals and kind of yeah. see what happens. No, that, or I, and I'm noticing this. I don't know how many of the texts you've read during the, the, the program, but a, a, a surprisingly larger number of people are are coming to the table with the on uh, the idea of being pro rebuild. Like if the, if it's going to be Sonny Gray and Jack Flaherty, just <laughs> trade Arnado and Goldschmidt, and you know if somebody will take Contreras and then just let's rebuild. Terrible. And that's I'm kind of like if you you were you were saying this in the commercial break. Tell I don't need to tell you what you said in the commercial. You tell me what you said in the commercial break. About Waka or about the state? Well, we talk about Waka, and, I, and you said, that's interesting. I said, yeah, I think that one, yeah. certainly. that. If you can do short-term deals with, if you want to try to catch lightning in a bottle, if you're not going to sign, you know, trade Arnado, Goldschmidt, Contreras, 
then yeah, I would I would rather see that than going, okay, let's go all in, except we're going all in with five-year deals when these guys won't be around mm-hmm. or they're aging and yet you're still paying right. them. Right. And so therefore, economically, it's it's not about me trying to save the Cardinals money. It's, it's about the dollars impacting the performance on the field. And right. I'm saying that one isn't matching up with the other. They need pitching. They don't have young options on the staff. They're committed to two questionable. I certainly don't want to put Michaelis in the class of Matt's, but God, I mean, those are two that you're already putting in ink for the rotation next year. And then you still need at least two spots, if not three. And it used to be three. And now I'm noticing the goalposts are kind of moving a little bit. Now we're talking about two. Either way, it's just so, it can it happen? Of course it can happen. But it is such a long shot that if you're going to commit that much of your financial resources to long-term deals to try to make it happen in one-year window, it strikes me as really putting the franchise at risk. So that is why I am more pro either short-term deals and then see if you can catch lightning in a bottle or just going, okay, it ain't going to happen. We shouldn't have said what we said this year. It's We're going to have to go through a rebuild. And if you're knowing Arnado and Paul Goldschmidt, are you like, oh, good, they got Sonny Gray and Jack Flaherty. Let's go get them, you know? No. So I just, and that's the thing. My actual thought is they're going to wind up doing something that's going to hurt the franchise down the road. But it might provide short-term gratification to the fan base. That's why I asked John about the Cardinals' level of awareness slash concern over the fan base's frustration. Right, and and I feel like you'd just be better served with the short-term deals just based on your two superstars and Arnaldo and Goldschmidt. But you got to be able to get the guys who are only going to be able to accept short-term deals. That's not a lot of guys, right? And that's that's why I think I'd be weary of the trade market because I just I I would be. A, he talked about. Uh, Nolan Gorman needed to be included in certain deals. I just, I don't think that's why. God, I would not. Here, here's the situation specific to Gorman. If I'm operating on the premise, which I obviously am, that the Cardinals have what percentage to win the World Series? And again, we don't know what they're going to do this offseason, but if he's already saying, yeah, I mean, they're not going to be in on single digits. Oh, well, hell yeah, single digits. I right. mean, even the, some of the best teams in baseball would be single digits. But if we're operating on a one or two out of a hundred, which would probably be pretty high, that they can win the World Series in 2024. When you look at the landscape of the dollars that are committed and the fact that there are only two starters, and those two starters are named Stephen Matz and Miles Michaelis, then I'm going, okay, it's not going to happen next year. So I'm not going to risk years beyond next year, not just with dollars allocated, but also removing cost-controlled I don't even call him a prospect at this point. Nolan Gorman has proven that he's a power hitter at the major league level. So that's who I make sure I keep on the roster. See what I'm saying? Do you follow me on this or am I? No, I mean, it's you can like you, you say you can, can compete, but there's a finite amount of actual pitching talent that will help you compete in 2024. And they're going to cost a lot of money with other people in the market wanting them. And you, so you don't want to do that. You don't want to trade for guys because you give up someone like Gorman uh, who you don't want to if you really don't think that these guys are going to be impact for 2024. And then you, you sign guys who are one, two-year deals who probably, it's like they're stuck in such a rock and a hard place if they're saying they're going to compete in 2024. Right, which is why, I, for the life of me, I don't get it. I just don't get it. But, but hey, it doesn't mean you can't go, I mean, hell, they said we're going to increase the payroll last year. and So 
yeah, it's not like that's like a blood oath. It's just to be a couple of straight years of I would I would like it. I personally would like it. But I know that that has going. They already have such negative fan approval right now that if you were to do that, yeah. I mean, can you imagine if they traded Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt? Holy crap! What a go on. Except I think it's the right move. I just don't think the other thing that I think is important in this conversation, and I and I want to make it clear, this is completely speculative. But the Bill DeWitt Jr., the chairman of the organization, is not somebody who's going, oh, let's see what we can do in three years. That's not his mindset. It hasn't been his mindset. And also, he is in his 80s, mm-hmm. and you're not sitting there going, oh, let's let's go through a rebuild. So right. if that is not – I also think he's been a great steward of the franchise. I guess that's a, somehow an unpopular <laughs> opinion. But holy crap, the run the Cardinals have had under his watch. I don't know how it can't be considered that, but I know it's not. People say DeWallet and all that stuff. I just think part of being a great steward of the franchise is also going, okay, this is actually what we have. We're in a bad spot, and that doesn't mean we go out and compound our errors by financially restricting ourselves uh, for years beyond now. That is why I would like to see them. If, if they're not going to be – Yamamoto is intriguing to me because of his age. Right. The others – I mean, Nola isn't going to be 31 until the middle of next year. Uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, listen, if it's Nola Montgomery and then a reclamation project, okay. Hey, money, though. that's 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 great. But are you going to be able to do that for $57 million before you even tend to the bullpen? Right. And if you look at the Rangers and, and Diamondbacks, one of which I think was a big surprise to be in the World Series, and the other one, how they got there, Sans, Jacob deGrom, was surprising. What did they have in common? And they had guys coming in the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth innings, and for the most part, just shutting teams down. And that's the same way the Kansas City Royals got there seven years ago uh, when they were able to win a World Series against the uh, New York Mets, I guess, eight years ago now. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess Burkhardt. Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on the 101 ESPN channel on YouTube. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 1055 in St. Louis. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Tim McKernan, Jackson, Burkett. Jackson, we have, I don't know, four minutes. Hell, I don't know. What do, what do, what do you want to do with it? Yeah, we've talked a lot of Cardinals and a lot of Blues hockey. Blues and Coyotes. Tomorrow night, pregame, 6 p.m. right here on 101 ESPN. You've prepared this half and half. It's presented by Angry Beaver. You have four minutes to maximize it. It's now your Sadie Hawkins. You walk across the square dance and you pick the cutest boy in the room. Sure. I'm going to bring up a topic we were literally just talking about in the commercial break. Because it was in my little piddles half and half. Uh, this moment in Piddle's history, last week, while whilst dreaming of Missouri going all the way to you the national title, I did. Uh, either way, I was doing some research on recent college football champions. 20 years ago, there was a split championship. Of course, my uh, sports consciousness begins in 2006. Right. So Everybody was, in the audience knows that. So I was unaware of this. What the hell was that about? Do you so have much like, memory? like a Seinfeld bit? Well, I just do have much memory of the split championships sure. and all that. We were just talking about Georgia, this being their last home game, because we really got our eyes on Georgia minus 10 and a half this Saturday night between the hedges against Lane Kiffin, Jackson Dort, and Ole Miss. Hotty toddy, good God almighty. And you made the point that it's senior night for these defending national champions, yeah. because then they head to Knoxville, and yeah. then they head to Atlanta. And I said, man, when's the last time Georgia Tech beat Georgia? And... You said 
I would I, I would have to think when they had Calvin Johnson or something because I can't I feel think like there had to have been an upset somewhere before Calvin Johnson. But then I brought up Bobby Ross at Georgia Tech splitting a national title in 90, 91. It might have been with the fifth down Colorado Buffaloes. 97, Brian Greasy and the Michigan Wolverines with Charles Woodson split the national championship with Grant Wistrom and Nebraska, courtesy of Shevin Wiggins and Matt Davison and the flea kicker in Columbia, Missouri. So, yes, that happened, and the coaches poll would vote one team number one, and the AP poll would vote another team number one. That's how it happened. Uh, I got the last time. Uh, I'm trying to find out when the last time... So when you said you had it, that was actually a lie. I thought I did. Uh, 2016. There was a little sneaker, wasn't there? Yeah, and that was in Athens. Oh, wow. Yeah. That might have been the end of Mark Richt, if I had to guess. Yeah, was he already gone at that point? That couldn't have been Kirby Smart. Uh-uh. I, no, it definitely wasn't. Kirk Kirby didn't get there until, I feel like, 17 or 18. Who was that, Vince Dooley? I don't have the co- coaches up, I'm sorry. But they also, Tech also beat them in 14. Wow. That was, that was obviously, they were uh, going through it in 13 and 14. Well, they were number six in the country. Missouri beat them in Athens. And yeah. So what's your question? You just wanted to talk well, to you just, Tech football? Well, I just, and like, a, like oh, whenever I hear people like complain about soccer, it's like, oh, there's ties. And it's like, okay, nice. But, um... They had split national championships before, I guess. But the 03 was BCS, was it not? Ah, it might have been the end of it. Okay. Because the BCS would end it. Because the BCS position via the computers, one versus two. I thought The I... issue was conference commitments to bowls. Right. Like and the Rose Bowl. And so stuff. if the best team in the country was in the Big Ten and the second best team was in the SEC, they wouldn't play because the SEC team would be in the Sugar Bowl. And I know... I I, sh- I I was on the air sharing your disgust with this. So weird. That's what it was. And then they would get together, and then they would vote on who the national champion was. So I remember in 05, a little bit before my sports consciousness, Talking I remember about Vince Young, Matt Lionhorn, Reggie, Reggie Bush. Bush. Um, and that was, that was the Rose Bowl, and yes. that was the national championship. And it was a game for the ages. It was Two teams for the ages. Absolutely. But like... Why was the Rose Bowl the national championship? But that makes BCS. sense. Yes. God, we're in a much better place. We now. are with the playoff. Yeah, it's, it's so much incredibly better. unfortunate that it does not exist this year because then I would have this emotional leverage of this Saturday at two thirty in Columbia, Missouri. Because Missouri really, if they went out, would be a top twelve team yep. and they would be in the playoff. Yep. But Always alas, right now it's like you know maybe they get to play in the Citrus Bowl or maybe they get to play in a New Year's Six. And the championship dreams are dashed. But you know what? That's what makes the college football regular season wonderful. It matters. Meanwhile, in baseball, (laughs) we just have we have an extended grapefruit league from April through October. Yeah, it's awesome. And then they get together and play the NCAA tournament with twelve teams. Unbelievable. Anyway, Jackson, I'm angry again. It's time for us to go, though. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and the wonderful people in the 101 ESPN YouTube chat. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.